I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And as usual, with the help we get from Dan Burns, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, he'll help you keep it running. Uh, If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. If you need to bring in your vehicle to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, Dan will uh, give you maybe some idea of what uh, could be wrong because we've said it a hundred times, if not more. It's always good to have more information than less. Well, that's good. You're absolutely right, and it's good to have talked about it a little bit so you know what uh, yeah, what to talk about get when you get idea. to the shop. Because this, this show, as you know, Dan, is not for necessarily motorheads, although we have a lot of do-it-yourself people we do. out there, yeah, but uh, not, not necessarily uh, just for the uh, gearheads. Uh, let me give you a phone number and a text uh, number because Dan uh, is going to be here for about another 30 minutes, so don't wait if you have any kind of car care question, any kind. The lines are clear. You can fill them or send Dan a text, 81807. I wanted to tell you, Dan, when uh, I mentioned it earlier when we went on the air, that uh, yesterday I got a call from Tony. We were going to have lunch, and he's coming home from the U of M. And I get a call. I said, what's up? He said, can't start the car, his car. And I thought, I knew I should have replaced that battery a long time ago, I think it was eight. It's eight years old. Yeah. I mean, it was overdue, right? Yeah. And I uh, grabbed some jumper cables and went to uh, see it. And sure enough, it was clicking. And I thought, well, I again, you and I've talked about that. And I went online, and that kind of can mean it's a battery, right? So go yeah. for the battery first, and then well, or, yeah, or, yeah, test the battery, test yeah. the battery, yeah, yeah. whatever. But it's it fired up right away when you jump start. When I jump, like yeah. right away. And I yeah. said, I'll follow you home. You know, and it was fine. Yeah. But then I put my charger on it, and it's still on it now. Yeah. So let's see what happens. But it it may not just be the battery. Well, right? it may not be. You know, if the if the alternator is not charging, then uh, that is what caused the battery to go dead, and uh, so that's one concern. And and you said, is it safe to drive? And uh, during the day, <clears throat> for a short distance after you've recharged the battery, yes, it is safe to drive. You can. You know, drive it a certain you know a certain distance, and the, there's enough charge in the battery for it to last a while. Is it wise uh, to not use accessories when you're driving? Best it? not to. The okay. less electricity yeah. you use, the best. Makes the sense. Be, yep, that's that's uh, for sure the case. And the other thing you talked about is jump starting a car. Yeah. And I don't know if you, <clears throat> you can picture this from the old days when you'd you know put the jumper cables on the running car. And first thing you do would be smack the two cables together to make a big spark <laughs> so that you had, a, yes. had a, a good connection. And do, absolutely do not Don't do, do that. that. You cannot do that with computerized cars anymore. And, in fact, with these computerized cars, you need to be very, very careful uh, jump-starting. You, you don't want a surge of, yeah. of power going through either car. That's really hard on them. So. Be very, very careful uh, jump-starting a vehicle. You know, nowadays at the shop, we have these jump boxes, and you've seen it. It's sitting on yeah. my window oh, yeah. sill there. Oh, yeah, I remember that. When you're there. And so we put those on, and then there's a switch that you can turn to turn them on so there is no big 
spark when you're connecting when you're connecting plus you don't you lose all your uh, radio and your your selections and your other thing right you know. well i i do that when i'm hooking up when i'm putting in a new battery I, okay i keep, keep the, it there i keep the uh i keep power backing up all of the there accessories yeah. while i put the battery in so that you don't lose all that so you'll be doing that when uh, i'll be doing that the... on monday for you <laughs> yeah, huh? as a matter <laughs> of fact yeah now before we get to the calls Let's go back to the jumper cables now. What is the proper way? I mean, years ago, I remember putting positive, positive, negative, negative on both batteries. Right. But the real, the best, the the only way to do it, or you should right. do it, is what? Well, the only, the dangerous, on the dangerous part of going positive to positive and negative to negative is for sure when you hook up the jumper cable, it makes a big spark. Yeah. And... Uh, batteries, especially bad batteries, uh, do put off an explosive gas. And so what you're protecting about is you don't want the spark, the big spark, to happen at the battery. And the negative battery cable on both cars goes to the engine block. Um, So you don't have to connect it right at the battery. You can connect it... uh, from both engine blocks, for that matter. But, oh, you can but for on, both. Yeah, on the running car, you can hook it right up, right up on the battery, and then for the car that you're dump, jump starting, hook the positive cable to the battery first. To the and positive. Then go over somewhere on the engine block, find some bare metal, find a bare bolt, something like That's that. Exactly what I did. And connect the jumper cable on the engine block over there. And it worked. And well, then you avoid the spark happening yeah. where something <clears throat> can explode, and it, and that can be dangerous. Nope. If you've ever had a battery blow up in your face, nev- you'll, you'll never have you'll no. never have oh. it happen twice. No, never have. <laughs> Don't want it to happen. All right, yeah. good. All right, tell you what, I know we have to break, but I'm going to get uh, some callers uh, some help here. John at St. Paul is first up here. John, what's your question for Dan? Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I've got a '98 Buick Century with ninety thousand miles on it. My low coolant light is on, but my car is not overheating. Intermittently, I'll get kind of a grinding noise that sounds like a bearing is going out. But when I turn on my air conditioning, that sound goes away. The other thing is that I think I have unusual amount of pooling water uh, under my car after I shut it off. What do you think's going on? Well, the water underneath the car is either from the exhaust, a byproduct of, a, of a combustion is water. So water drips out of your tailpipe all the time if it's not hot. And uh, also water runs out of your air conditioning system onto the ground. So if it's just water that's under the car, don't worry about it. That's normal. As far as if the car is not overheating, the coolant could still be low. Um, that car probably has a sensor in the coolant reservoir that will tell you, you know, it, it indicates when the coolant is low just as a warning. So the first thing you should do is simply check the coolant and be and check it when it's cold uh, in the morning or whatever and uh, be sure that the coolant level is up to the full mark. And it might just be that simple, that if the, if the coolant is low, the light's on for good reason and uh, the coolant really is low. Just so what I'm saying is just because it's not overheating doesn't mean that the coolant's not low enough to turn that light on. So start there. And if the coolant is not low, then you'll have to probably get some help uh, and see if maybe that sensor has failed or something like that, if it's giving you a false reading. Very good, thanks. All right, John, thank you. We uh, have to take a quick break. I want to alert Monica and John. Hang on, you'll be next when we come back after this break.
And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns, ASE Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue. Where are you guys located? I know because I'll be there again. Yeah, let me remind you how to yes, get there, Danny. Right, we, are, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. I uh, have to be a little careful to... Why these days, because there's major construction going on on Grand Avenue. Well, I'm they're glad re- you told me that. They're re- redoing all the uh, sidewalks and intersections and all that, making those safe safety bump outs. That was kind of needed, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And it, you know, it's a busy, busy street, it so it needs to be needs to be well cared for. But anyway, 982 Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net. L L O Y D S LloydsAutomotive.net, or give us a call six five one. Two two eight one three one six. Very good. We'll get you that info before Dan leaves us. He's going to be with us for about another ooh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Monica is calling in from Bloomington. Hi, Monica. What's going on there? Good morning. I have an O4 Escape. A few months ago, I took my car into the dealership where they had to do the front lower control arms, put new ones on, and the sway bar end links, and also at the same appointment. They replaced the alternator where they had to remove the right front axle shaft. And ever since then, there's been a very loud whine in my car. And it's so loud, sometimes you can't have a conversation. And when you're going down windy or streets, when you turn the car wheel to the right, it gets even louder. And I'm wondering, I have not been able to get it into the dealership to get that looked at yet. Yeah. I'm wondering maybe what's going on. Even when I'm going straight down a road, my wheel is slightly turned to the right. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any information, if it's what they replaced or if it's the, you know, when they had to torque the wheel hub, when they put the right front axle shaft on. Or... It, yeah, any of that could certainly uh, make that noise. But actually the first thing I had in mind is, is the power steering fluid low? Uh, if in the process of changing all that, they had to disconnect a power steering line, and if they didn't get the power steering line back on properly and it's dripping a little bit, or if they forgot to fill it, uh, which can happen too, uh, maybe the power steering fluid is low. So the fact that the reason I'm thinking power steering, as you said, when you turn the wheel, it changes. And so uh, first thing and most simple thing would be have your power steering fluid checked okay. and see if that takes care of it. And beyond that, uh, you know, the alternator that they put in, uh, if it has a bad bearing in it, that'll make a very loud humming noise. And and a whole bunch of the things that they touched would make a noise. So if the power steering fluid is not low, then I think the next thing that you should do is take it back and uh, and have it checked. Probably before you drive too far, because if it does have a bad bearing or something, uh, you don't want to get yourself stranded. Somewhere. You mean the bearing is in the alternator or... Well, there's bear, there's bearings in the alternator, and there's bearings in all of the other components that the dry or that the belt drives. And okay. So maybe coincidentally, you know, something else went wrong, or the noise is coming from the alternator that they installed. But in any case, if that's where it's coming from, you should get that checked pretty quickly. Okay. All right. Thank you. you Thanks, bet. Monica. Good luck. Um, I tell you, I don't want to forget our texters either, Dan. Let's let's uh, check out those. Uh, Two thousand four Saturn Ion running very rough. Oil light comes on and car stalls. What could be wrong? Well, the oil light coming on, the oil light will come on when the car stalls. So it probably doesn't have anything to do with that. I wouldn't worry about that. But the engine running real rough, there's, of course, lots and lots of things that could cause that. It could be a 
a vacuum leak. It could be a secondary ignition problem. Uh, I'm sure that the check engine light is on if it's running that badly. And um, if the check engine light's on, then you sh- then there'll, there'll be information stored in there for us that will give us some direction as to if it's a misfire or if it's uh, lean on fuel or rich on fuel or something like that. Then we get that information um, with our scan tool from the computer. So you probably should. And, and also, if it's running badly enough, it can be uh, really hard on the rest of the car. Yeah. So, uh, I would recommend that you do get that in pretty quickly and, and at least have a diagnosis done to know that it's safe for you to be driving. Okay. Frank is calling from St. Paul, I believe. Frank, you're on with Dan. Yes, Dan. Um, I had a car accident um, a month ago, and uh, that happened, you know, somebody hit me on the passenger, front passenger side, you know, by the tire, nickel box fixed. Uh, yeah, except for the body. But, you know, it was fine. I brought, you know, from mechanic, you know, it was fine, you know, running fine. But the tongue signal on the right-hand side, you know, uh, from yesterday, it is twinkling, you know. <laughs> it's not like, uh, you know, not normal like the left side. Left side goes, you know, uh, at interval, tick, 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 tick. But this one goes tick, 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 well, This tick, is tick, faster. I yeah. bet I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, uh, obviously check all the bulbs, um, you know, because maybe in the rear, maybe one of the, just coincidentally, one of the rear bulbs went out. But usually when it's clicking fast like that, that's indicator that the bulb has failed. But related to the accident, when they wired in, if they put in a new lens and new wiring for the turn signals, if they didn't get the wiring exactly right or if maybe one of the ground connections is loose, uh, that could cause that symptom that you're having too. But start simply by checking all the bulbs and compare both sides because sometimes one bulb, like in the rear, will be will be flashing, but the other one won't. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so okay. check both sides and compare them so that you know that uh, all of the bulbs are working properly. All right. Thank you, Frank, for the uh, call. Uh, we have uh, some textures we want to get to as well. We'll take a break, Dan. Be right back. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny, along with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Dan, we have textures that I know you uh, will want to help here before you take your leave. We'll have a more show next week, of course. But let's see if we can't help some more folks here. Uh, maybe you can feel this one. Texters has bought a car from a dealer one week ago. Now I noticed an oil leak. Bought it as is. Is there a lemon law? I'm not sure about a lemon law, but I would think if the paperwork said as is, you yeah. bought it as is. I think that's probably true too. And and you know, uh, when something like that happens, first thing we do is get real concerned about it. And oftentimes, it's nothing. I mean, it's uh, for example, if they change the oil, and this happens all the time, you change the oil, and when you pull the oil filter off, the oil drains into the uh, frame the sure. chassis of the car and you can't get it out and so when you park the car at different angles a few drips will come out for a little while so i you know before you get too concerned about it and too upset about it i think what you should probably do is take it in and have have it analyzed and if it does turn out to be a really big deal uh then i probably would go back and have a talk i don't know if legally you have uh, any rights but right. certainly morally you do that that you know if somebody sold you a car, they should sell you a good car. 
And you guys at Lloyd's could locate that, put it oh, up in a hoist, sure. and yeah. you can find out right. where it's coming, if indeed there was a, right. a, a leak. Yeah. But oftentimes it's no big deal. So oh, that's, before, yeah. you, before you get too worried about it, know what you're talking about. Good deal. Yeah. So good luck with that. Uh, 2000 Impala, Texter says, uh, one-inch message screen on instrument cluster not lit can hear chimes but can't see message. Does the whole cluster need to be replaced? You know, not always. Okay. Uh, oftentimes, and we do this, you know, a lot at Lloyd's, we'll take that instrument cluster uh, uh, out of the car and for, you know, a reasonable price, we can send that instrument cluster to a rebuilder and uh, they repair what's wrong with it, fix the circuit board or whatever. And uh, very common and we do them all the time. So oh, okay. uh, it, it, it certainly needs attention. But it might not be catastrophic for you. This text you're going to have to help me with. Uh, texture says, "Is L like the letter L outer tie rod end the same as LF control arm?" Left outer tie rod. No, the tie rod end and the control arm are both on the left, but uh, they're they're completely different components. So if somebody's recommending that you need a control arm and a tie rod end, it's probably because the ball joint and the tie rod end are both loose and they need to be replaced. And that's a safety issue. If they are loose, uh, you do need to have that done because, uh, uh, you know, that's what, con- that's what connects your steering wheel to your tires. And you need, those, you need those to stay connected. Yeah, I would say you do. Yeah. Uh, here's a text. It says a, a 2004 Chevy Silverado. Blinker turns off when I press the brakes. The signal turn turns off. Yeah, there's – my first thought is you have the wrong bulb in there, <laughs> uh, which may or may not may or may or not be the case. Or the other thing where, where signal – what's happening is the brake light is crossing signals with the turn signal. And the other place that quite commonly that happens is if you – if a uh, trailer – connection has been wired into the vehicle, oftentimes where those connections are made, uh, trouble happens and the brakes and the turn signals can get mixed up that way. But but somehow, you know, the, the, the turn signal and the brakes are closely related and they share a number of components and somewhere one of those components has failed and, and is causing the uh, uh, short between the uh, turn signals and the brakes. Okay. So... Probably need some help with that. That's uh, that's if you're not familiar with uh, automotive wiring, that could be pretty tricky to track down yourself. Friend of mine just uh, sent me a text, and thank you, Bill, for doing that. Who's not only been in the radio business, been in the car business for a long time, twenty years. He says the Lemon Law only applies to a new car purchase, and then it has to be a persistent problem that lasts more than thirty days. There you go. Thank you, Bill, for that. So a, a drip on a used car that you bought would not be covered. Correct. Yeah. 2010 Tahoe Texter says when key inserted and started, get a grinding noise. Lasts about five seconds. Drives fine. Any idea about the noise? Noise has been present for a while. It has not worsened. Also seems like noise coming from the rear of the vehicle. When they That's put the a, key in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, you'd have yeah. to take a drive. Oh, you know, I, when, you put the, when you turn the key on, maybe they're talking about... The fuel pump ah. turns on uh, 
before you start the car. It primes the fuel system, so maybe the fuel pump is getting loud. And if that's the case, you probably want to put a professional ear to that and have them take a listen And because maybe that's a warning signal that your fuel pump is failing and you don't want to get stranded somewhere. Okay. So, yeah, I would have that. I would have somebody listen to that. When's the last time you worked on a carburetor? Uh, well, <laughs> because of my age, I do that. <laughs> I, I, I get that. So uh, we see them from time to time. You do. Uh, well, yeah. this one comes from Joyce. Rebuilt carburetor, 1967 Mustang. Now gas. Dennis likes that. Now gas spurts out right side in car stalls. Yeah, you need some help. That needs to go back. <laughs> Something, Something's not right. A gasket has failed or something inside the carburetor has failed. And uh, so it's it's overflowing. I don't know if the float wasn't set right or or if the, the needle valve is sticking and not closing when it's supposed to. But, but uh, too much gas is getting in there and, and uh, you need to have that checked. That could be dangerous. Well, I'll tell you what, we're just about out of time. Uh, you're going to be back next week? I will be in town next week. And I will be here week. next week. Very yes. good. Uh, you know, it won't be long till we start, <laughs> maybe next week, start talking about snow tires. Again. I know it. Something like that. Batteries and snow tires. Batteries well, and that, snow tires. That's one thing that we need to be a little bit careful of is not being lulled into yes. thinking that that uh, this warm weather is, yeah. means that uh, winter's never going to happen. Because it will. I promise you it will be cold and we'll be talking about winter weather again. And I'll see you Monday with uh, looking for a new to purchase a new battery. Sounds good. I look forward right. to it. All right. How do we get in touch with Lloyd's? Give us a call. We're at 651 228 one three one six. You can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, LloydsAutomotive.net, or come on over, 982 Grand in St. Paul. Excellent. See you in a couple days. Sounds good. Of course, Dan, back next week here on A3OWCCU. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.